The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the What's This Full House edition podcast. Yeah. So I want to uh, apologize because I, I, I know it's been like almost two full months since I posted an episode. It's just I wanted to get through the holidays and work was just insane. So here I am. I am back and I am ready to go over season one, episode 10, Joey's Place. So I did mention this episode at the end of the last episode and how we were going to find out what happens to Joey and if something happens to his alcove and does he get kicked out? Does he, what happens? So here in this episode, we will get there. We're going to cover a bunch of stuff. I do want to say this episode has a lot of information and it happens all really fast. So here we go. The original air date of this episode was December the 4th, 1987. The teleplay was by Jeff Franklin and Lenny Rips, whom they are both very familiar to us. And it was directed by a new guy here, Don Barnhart. So it's really nice to see um, some new people, you know, coming in uh, to do d some directing and producing stuff like that. I think it's really neat. So the description for this one, when Joey goes off on a comedy tour, Jesse takes over as chief cook and babysitter while Joey's living conditions get turned upside down. So here we go. It is like towards the evening time and Joey is in the kitchen ironing clothes, but they're like in piles on top of the ironing board. They're not like folded out like how you would iron them. And he's like humming the <laughs> boom, boom. And he's like hitting the clothes with the iron. He's not even actually ironing them. So it's, it's, it's pretty funny. But if you remember in The Return of Grandma, when Jesse is stated as being amazing at ironing, and I was wondering uh, so far in the episode, I was like, but Jesse's not ironing here. He should be, though, because Joey doesn't know how to iron anything. But I did find out a little bit later that Jesse's not home from work yet. That's why Joey was doing it. So Stephanie and DJ come downstairs, and Steph's like, is this normal? DJ's like, it is for Joey. So, of course, his comical behavior is nothing new to us. It's just Joey. So Joey has amazing, incredible, unbelievable news, but he wants to wait until everyone is home to tell his news. So... 
Jesse comes up from the garage in his exterminator outfit. So this is proving that Jesse, in fact, has a job. So he's holding his work bag, his jacket, and his motorcycle helmet. He proceeds to tell the girls, no matter how glamorous his life may appear, don't ever kill bugs for a living. So then... Danny walks through the kitchen. Danny comes home from work and they say a super quick hello to Danny, but can't wait to hear Joey's news. So Joey then announces that his big news, he's been chosen as one of the hot up and coming comics to go on a two week 16 college tour. Yes. So DJ does the, ooh, the man is hot little thing that goes on this is actually like a running catchphrase throughout the series where they go "Ooh, the man is hot you know that's done plenty of other times throughout the series but Joey's not sure if he's going to go on this tour and he's worried about the commitment he made when he moved in to help with the girls he doesn't want to abandon anyone that's kind of how he feels because Joey felt like that all when he was growing up So he doesn't want other people feeling like that now that he's kind of like an adult. Okay. So Danny encourages him to go. Then Jesse encourages him as well. DJ and Steph suggest to go with Joey, but obviously that doesn't happen. Jesse will fill in for Joey and will take a couple of weeks off of work. So the next thing Jesse says, 4 minutes, 11 seconds, I wanted to do some time codes here in this episode just because there's actually a few pivotal moments here where um, that are needed to remember for later use. So at 4 minutes, 11 seconds, Jesse mentions he works for his dad. This may be the first time Jesse mentions this or this is mentioned at all that Jesse works for his dad with this exterminator company. So he, and his dad can't fire Jesse because his mom won't let him. That's why he works for his dad. He clearly doesn't like killing bugs. He doesn't like being an exterminator, but he's been, that's been his job the whole time, 10 episodes in, that's been his job. They all finally agree to let Joey go on the tour, but Joey starts to practice his comedy throughout the evening. His props and like, stuff is just strung out all over the living room since his bedroom is in the alcove. He's just made a mess of his area. You know, what else is he supposed to do? So note here at at four minutes, 37 seconds, we actually get a little bit of a glimpse. If you look to the left side of your screen, you'll see Joey's prop of his Abe Lincoln on a stick. You remember that, which was used in episode eight, Jesse's Girl. So we do have a recurrence here of the prop of the Abe Lincoln on a stick. So that's pretty funny. I liked how they threw that in there. And so we do see Leon again, his mannequin is matching Joey. So Danny enters and notices that there's been an alcove explosion is what he calls it. And I believe this to be the first time since episode four, Return of Grandma, that Danny actually notices a mess in the house. And I feel like, which, which at the end of the episode I did of Return of Grandma, and you listen to my theory about why Danny is the way he is about messes and his like OCD and things. So I feel like this proves my theory again 
that his OCD took, took over after return of grandma. All right, <clears throat> moving on. Joey says he'll clean and Danny can go work on his basketball blooper reel. But Joey doesn't seem to care about cleaning, just writing his college material. So Stephanie enters from the back entryway of the living room in her honeybee outfit. Oh, I love honeybee outfits. She's so cute. Okay. And she's buzzing around to the song Flight of the Bumblebee by Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov. So I feel like that song comes back, too, at one point in time. But we'll get there. She said she's practicing for the next honeybee meeting which I don't know why she would have to practice running around like that for a honeybee meeting, but she's Stephanie, so you never know. But Joey's trying to rehearse, like, in his own space, I guess, his half of a room. So he gives up to find another place to rehearse, so he goes to Jesse's room. He doesn't even knock on Jesse's door. He just blares, goes right in, flies the door open. Jesse's like, oh, good luck. Because Jesse's in there rehearsing guitar. Joey obviously can't rehearse. So Joey tries Michelle's nursery, but leaves after her repeat, repeat a parrot. I'm going to call it that. She's like a parrot stuffed animal that like repeats everything you say. So he then goes into the garage. So this is a very important thing to notice of how, how the garage is in this episode. Um, and the car that is parked in there, we have never seen this car before. Um, it's clearly Joey's car, but we've never seen this car before. We've seen clips of the garage before, but not with a car in it. So we have a car. It's finally quiet enough for him to rehearse. So Joey is now wearing a sweater, which tells me that it's colder in there than in in the rest of the house. So at seven minutes, eight seconds, see, this is one of those instances that's memorable for later use here. So Joey's famous Ode to a Fountain, where he puts a ton of water in his mouth, then spits it out like a fountain. DJ comes down and he sprays it on the windshield of the car and she puts on the windshield wipers. So Joey actually spits the water for a total of 30 whole seconds. They could have cut and then he continued to do it after a different angle or something. But I counted 30 whole seconds. So this scene is also referred to later in the series too. Like I said, it's, it's a memorable scene that is used or talked about later. So DJ's point of going down there was to tell him that she was done with her homework and that she could that he could rehearse in her room. But Joey doesn't think it's all that bad in the garage. So DJ says it's freezing in here, and Joey then opens the hood of his car, which is actually the trunk, where he keeps his hanging clothes since he doesn't have a closet in the alcove. That's so sad. Oh, that's so sad. So he gives her a jacket to wear. Joey says the worst part about the alcove is not having privacy. Thank you, Joey. Finally, someone says something about it. Something about him not having privacy, like for real. So glad he said that. Joey says in his pre-alcove days, he had a door, four walls, and a light switch. This possibly may be proof that his mom didn't have a lot of money to furnish his room. 
So I don't know what kind of living conditions Joey grew up in, but he was an only child, lived with his mom, who probably worked all the time, um, didn't have very much stuff as a kid. Just kind of, he felt like he was more of a king in a child in a bedroom as a child because he had four walls and a door and a light switch. And now he's a grown adult living in an alcove. Like, he felt more of a king as a, as a kid, it seems here. So DJ offers a bike basket for Joey to keep his socks in, but he says he keeps them in the car's glove compartment. At this point, Joey is essentially living out of his car. Joey sends DJ out. So now we have a little scene change here. We're in Michelle's room where Jesse and Danny are changing Michelle's clothes, like putting her in pajamas. Stephanie is on the lookout while DJ tells Jesse and Danny about how sad Joey's living conditions she witnessed were. Danny agrees that it is sad. It is sad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with that. So DJ wants to help Joey. Danny suggests that Joey needs his own room. Well, of course he does. We've been talking about this for 10 episodes. Of course he does. Stephanie is supposed to keep a lookout for Joey since they're all talking about him. So they come up with a code Stephanie can say to warn them if Joey is coming. So they say the duck flies at midnight, but Stephanie is only five here. So she tries to remember it, but gets jumbled up. She's like, Joey walk is walking towards the door. And she's like, the duck, the turtle, the chicken drives to 7-Eleven at midnight when Joey comes in. So that's really cute what she does. He's been looking for everyone. And Joey knows something weird is up. He's like, oh, what's going on here? So Jesse, God bless his heart, speaks up and says, oh, this is a new family ritual where they sing Michelle to sleep. But Joey wonders why they didn't call him if it's a family ritual. Jesse says it's a four-part harmony. So Danny and Jess sing lullaby and goodnight and there's more words I'm not sure of. Remember that? Remember that was used already while the girls sing The Farmer in the Dell. But Joey's not buying it and leaves the room. So we have the next day, Jesse is singing and making breakfast while Joey is making the girls' after-school activities board for the next two weeks while he's gone. So he coded all, all the stuff going on in different colors so that Jesse understands kind of how, how everything runs. Looks like Joey's pretty organized when it does come to girls' the girls' activities, when they have appointments, you know, cleaning schedule. He had it all done. So that shows a pretty, you know, mature character underlying in Joey there. So Danny and the girls come down, and Jess brings them a literal breakfast feast. Eggs, bacon, toast, milk, OJ. Note how much Jesse's carrying to the table. He's carrying all these things at the same time to the table which reminded me of the scene from episode seven, Knock Yourself Out, when the girls want to watch the fight upstairs and they make Jesse bring all the food to him. And he's got like all his hands full and he's got sodas on his head and stuff. That reminded me of that scene. And so he gives a newspaper for Danny. And so this is the day that Joey is actually supposed to leave for the tour. So Danny wishes him luck and leaves for work. Danny and Jesse have a little tiny quick discussion before Danny leaves about Joey's alcove problem. Jesse's plan, he says he stayed up all night. He was on a date. Hmm. With who? I wonder. 
We'll never know. They agree they will continue to think about it. So the girls leave for school. Jesse wants Joey to get going. Claims they don't need him and to go. But in a really nice way. Like, he's being really nice about it. So Joey says goodbye to Michelle and tells her there's something going on and says he thinks Michelle's the only one who cares about him. He feels alone like he did as a child, complete opposite of how he felt in the last episode, The Miracle of Thanksgiving, concerning family togetherness. So remember in the last episode how Joey was like all about cooking the meal, being together, wanting family togetherness, and now here in the very next episode, he's feeling isolated from his family for because they were singing, supposedly singing Michelle to sleep as a, you know, family ritual thing. This one tiny little thing, you know, set him off. And now he's like, He's having, like, anxiety that no one cares about him. And it's, like, so sad. Like, underlying these... I'm picking it apart, I know. I'm sorry, but I can't help it. Joey's, Joey's personal issues are coming out here. And it's quite sad, actually. Um, <clears throat> so now we see Jesse folding laundry with Michelle. They're on the couch in the living room. She's wearing, like, a ball cap backwards, so she's, like, so cute. So there's a... Um, da, da, da. here we go. Oh, Jesse's watching TV and there's a voice that comes over the TV, you know, like coming up next or something, you know, the TV says something and the TV voice is actually Brian Kale, everybody. Oh my word. I told you I'd keep an eye out for Brian Kale. I told you I would. That's the voice of Brian Kale coming from that TV. Anyway, so the doorbell rings. So he takes Michelle to go answer it. It's a woman named Joni. So a woman that we've never seen before, she's not any kind of girlfriend of Jesse. Jesse seems to know her, though. But she's never, yeah, we've never seen her before. She asks for Joey, but he's gone, and Jess is taking over for him. It's Joey's afternoon. Jess is confused since no one ever told him what that was. Then Joni says to watch the kids, and two kids run into the house. So Jesse's, like, all of a sudden responsible for these other kids, when he had no clue, you know, he was supposed to be watching other people's kids that afternoon. So Joni actually claims to watch Michelle on Tuesdays and the other moms take turns the rest of the week. No mention of this before, that Michelle had a babysitter on Tuesdays. Why Tuesdays? What's so special about Tuesdays? So, and you think if it was every Tuesday, Jesse would have noticed by now. But anyway, there's other moms, Barbara and Janice, enter with their kids. So Joni's kids here are Robbie and Ryan. Barb's son is Benji. And Janice's son, I did not find out his name until the very end credits, but his name is Dustin. So now you have four boys, like maybe three, four years old. So Jesse essentially kicks them out of the house and they look annoyed as they should, but they leave anyway. Jesse doesn't know what to expect. He's never done this babysitting thing before. And if you remember on the first day of school episode, how Jesse handled a room full of kindergartners. So one of the boys says laundry fight and proceeds to tear apart all of the clothes Jesse just folded you know how mad I would be? 
if kids destroyed my perfectly folded laundry and threw it all over me. I would be just abs- I would I would have like ran out the door and been like, "Come get your kids. I'm not I'm not dealing with this demonic possession here." So we move on here. Later that evening, the girls are home from school. Jesse says a family should always eat together, and he's going to give Danny five more minutes. So DJ asks if they can start with veg- vegetables, and she's like, "I must be starving." But they go over to the table. Danny finally gets home. Jesse's reply here, and I'm going to read this out in its full, you know, entirety because it is absolutely timeless. It is just a timeless response to Danny being late coming home. So here we go. He says, give me a break. Don't huh me. You waltz in here 25 minutes late and expect sympathy. I have cleaned the house washed and ironed your clothes, ran a daycare center for socially deviant munchkins, and missed Oprah. Ran this one to the ballet lesson, this one to the dentist. No cavities, thank you very much. Do you realize that I have slaved over a hot stove so you could have a hot meal when you come home, huh? Danny then says, sorry. And Jesse's like, sorry doesn't change the fact that my chicken tetrazzini is ruined. Ruined! It's all dried out. But do you have the common courtesy to call me and tell me you're going to be 25 minutes late? No! So Jesse realizes that practically overnight he's become a housewife and he finally snaps out of the. So I do John Stamos zero justice by, by doing this. You have to just go to this scene in this episode because it's just hysterical. So Danny consoles him, tells him he's a beautiful human being, which he is. Danny has figured out a solution to Joey's alcove problem, talked to some contractors, and they are going to build Joey a bedroom. Yay! So Jess doesn't like the idea and says, just another room for me to clean. So the two weeks goes by, and Joey is back from the tour. He sees that his alcove is empty and wonders where all of his stuff went. He enters the kitchen to see the family playing board games and they are all acting like Joey wasn't just gone for two weeks. Stephanie, Stephanie finally says, the duck flies at midnight because she's on this lookout for Joey to come home. So they are pretending not to care, which seems pretty cruel, but it's to help anticipate the surprise awaiting Joey. But the fact that they pretended not to care is kind of cold. I mean, like, I feel like they would have they would have tried to give him, you know, a better anticipation for the surprise. But, you know, whatever. This is what they did. So, but I am going to take a short little tiny, teeny tiny break. And I will be right back right after this. Hello and welcome back. So we are finally going to be coming to the end of this episode. So they are pretending not to care, which is kind of cruel but that's what they do and Joey gets mad wondering where all the stuff went Danny said that they moved it down to the garage and Joey isn't liking it at all because before he left he was suspecting something weird was going on like they were gonna kick him out or they stopped caring about him like he wasn't you know anybody he wasn't a family member so obviously Joey not knowing the situation is gonna get upset about where all this stuff went So, Joey makes his way down the stairs and everyone else follows him. 
Joey is shocked that the garage is now his very own room with his very own bathroom, full bed, and a place for Leon. So, Leon has his own little corner, has a seating area, etc., etc. But guys, get this. I'm kind of upset about it, actually. I'm a little bit, a little bit sad. Because at 22 minutes, 33 seconds, Joey refers to the mannequin as Manny. But I'm still going to call him Leon because I've been calling him Leon this whole time. And the fact now that Joey has a name for him bothers me because I never knew he had a name until now. I've just been calling him Leon because it made sense. But his name is actually Manny. And I don't want to give up Leon. So if I ever talk about Leon, it's actually Manny. So Joey loves his new room. Danny sh says that he deserves it. And they got Joey's old furniture from his mom, Mindy. So Joey's like, oh, this must have costed you a fortune. Danny's like, don't ask. So Danny says it's their way of saying thanks for him, you know, thank you, you know, for taking care of the help, taking care of the girls. So Joey says no one has ever done anything like this for him before. Which brings back my point again of I'm not sure, you know, what kind of bedroom he had as a child. You know, it doesn't seem like his mother had a lot of money. You know, maybe he had a tiny room. Maybe he didn't have a lot of toys. You know, maybe he didn't have a lot of stuff as a kid. Um, so now that he does, it's, it's really great to see Joey happy. And Danny says that he is a part of their family. He said, face it, pal, you're a tanner. And gives him this giant hug. And you can see by Joey's face, he's just smiling away like his Nancy Reagan. <laughs> that he's just longed for this to be part of a family his whole life and now it's like most definitely made official here in this very scene so guys that is uh the episode that's the episode episode uh season one episode 10 joey's place yay so now we have finally we have finally finally found a place for Joey to live, except for, you know, besides the alcove, which I can no longer be bitter about. And I'm so excited. Finally, Joey is where he should be. Okay, so I'm about to blow your minds. I really hope I'm going to blow your minds because my mind was most definitely blown when I found this out. So at the end credits of this episode, we do have, we actually have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guest stars. Seven. This is the most guest stars we've ever had um, so far in the whole series. Seven guest stars. So our first guest star, her name was Joan Leisman. Um, she played Joni, the first woman that walked into the house. And you know what I figured out is she's also in two other Full House episodes. So she is in season three, episodes 14 and 22, but she doesn't play Joni. She plays a woman named Joyce Kagan. So she plays a completely different character, but it's the same actress. Mind blown, number one. So second guest star, Barbara Cameron. 
So I looked at this and I said, oh, Barbara Cameron. I wonder if she's related to Candace Cameron, who plays DJ. And I'm like, I'm just going to look her up. Guys, as God is my witness, Barbara Cameron is in fact Candace and Kirk Cameron's mother. And she's in this episode as Barbara. She also was in one episode of Growing Pains alongside her son, Kirk Cameron, season five, episode 11 of Growing Pains. So she was in that too, which is so special to like have your mom like on set with you. And like, how cool would that be? I thought it was awesome to have done the last episode, you know, with my mom. I never had a guest on my show. So I was like, Really excited to have my mom as a guest on my show. Next guest star, number three, Miss Janice Sweden. Mind blown, number three. Right here, mind blown. Janice Sweden plays the role of Janice, and she's Jody Sweden's mother. I love this. I love the fact that they chose to have you know, the mothers of Candace Cameron and Jodie Sweden be on the show with them. I just think that is so, so special. Um, this is the only thing that Janice Sweden is in. Um, okay, next we have a guy that you may be familiar with. His name is Benji Schwimmer. He plays the role of Benji. He's one of the little boys that runs in. Um, he actually won the second season of So You Think You Can Dance. And I made sure it was the same guy. I made sure it was the same guy. I mean, who has, who all in the earth has that name? Benji Schwimmer, like who? I looked him up and he's a professional dancer. He's done professional dancing his whole life, won the second season of So You Think You Can Dance. He's just been doing stuff, like good for you. Good for you, Benji. Okay, next we have Mr. Dustin Autumn. He played little Dustin, one of the other little boys. This is the only thing he is in. Next, we have Ryan Christopher. He played little Ryan, one of the other little boys. This is the only other thing he was in, too. And our last guest star, Robert Lucas, who played little Robbie. And again, this is the only thing he was in. So Benji was like the only successful one out of all them little boys. But I think it's so cool how he grew up to be, you know, Kind of big in the dancing world. I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's it. And if, it, if, I, if I missed anything, which I don't think I did, I may have. But if I did miss anything, feel free to contact me. My email is fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. And you can shoot me questions, trivia, fun facts, you know, ask me stuff whatever, or if you want me to talk about something specific on the next episode, just shoot me an email, fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. And um, I think that's it. I think I'm done. I was really short. Well, hopefully the next episode will be a little bit longer. It is what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, the, it's called The Big 3-0, and it's about Danny's 30th birthday. So there's actually a lot of historical information given in that episode that I will most definitely talk about because I'm just, I'm going to pick it apart. You know, you know how I am here. So I will 
see you next time for when we do talk about the big 3-0. Guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. I know it's been a while, but I really do appreciate all your listens. Share the podcast, leave iTunes reviews, you know, share it like, share it, just share it, please. I'd be really appreciative. And the more you share it, the more I can put out. How about that? All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and I will see you next time. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.